This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. I want to talk about a couple of buys. Um, one of them is Nico Collins. Uh, Nico Collins, you can get for really cheap right now. And you can get him. You don't have to trade just for him. He's like that sneaky little piece that you can throw in, in a, as an add-on, but like yep. he's kind of the piece that you're excited about. If you know what I'm saying, like you will do a little sneaky, sneaky move there. Like you, you. Hey, you know, here's what I'll do: I'll be like, "Hey, um, yeah. hey, can I get a? I think I'll, I'll take Debo Samuel off your hands. Um, but uh, you know what? To make this trade a little fair, like why don't you throw in Nico Collins too? You know, that's yeah. kind of how I'm thinking about it because Nico Collins had a decent week one. Fantasy wise, I think at 14 PPR fantasy points, right? So that's pretty good. Do people think and trust that that is going to, you know, keep going? I mean, Robert Woods had the same amount of targets, right? Yep. As Nico Collins. Right. But what was the difference? The difference here is this I'm on fantasylife.com right now. Okay. And I'm looking at their utilization report, which Dwayne McFarlane does a great job of every single week, man. This is, this, this is legit. Okay, now if I'm looking at uh, if I'm looking at the Texans and their usage, obviously, you know, target share was very similar between those two guys. But Nico Collins, twenty six percent target share. Okay, but the thing that really stands out, sixty four percent air yards. Okay, so you combine that with the target share, you're looking at somebody who could potentially put up some numbers this year. He is the clear number one there. Robert Woods getting some targets, but you know, not getting the air yards, right? So Nico Collins, like, as you, and you saw it in the stat line, right? That was the difference between their stat lines where Nico Collins had the higher yards per catch. That's what matters here. And I think around the goal line, the red zone, he might be the guy um, that they go to. So Nico Collins is somebody that you don't really have to spend a whole lot to get because once he kind of, if this utilization stays similar over the next couple of weeks, he's going to have a couple big weeks or at least decent enough weeks, similar, similar to what he did in week one. Um, and then he's going to be a hot, lot harder to get. He's not going to be looked at as a just an add-on. He's going to be looked at like a legit wide receiver three. Um, and that's I think that's what you're buying here. So that's what I'm yeah. hoping for with Nico Collins. He was somebody that you know we were looking at late ninth, tenth round. I think he was a great get there, and it looks like that's working out right now. Oh yeah, I mean you look at just the ambiguity that Week One provides is what's going to help you get Nico Collins at a good price right now. You wait, like we talk about, like you can wait and see if it continues but when that happens you're also gonna be paying a higher price if it happens so it's like do you want to wait on that 
at this point, he's cheap enough, like you mentioned, where it's going to be inexpensive to take a shot on him anyway. If it doesn't work out, big whoop. What did you trade? Not a whole lot, right? So you can also take advantage with Nico Collins of the fact that, you know, Tank Dell looked good in the preseason, you know, and John Mechie's coming back. So you could be like, all right, this wide receiver room is about to, get, about to get a little bit more crowded. Let me take this guy off your hands, remove the headache that you'll have to worry about with Nico Collins on a weekly basis. You can do that. So, see, part of this is manipulation. It's not all, there's not really a human aspect to this. You just have to be the negotiator at this point. You can do that with Nico Collins. He's one of the easier guys, if you want to talk about solid value to go and get right now. And I'm with you 100% on this. CJ Stroud, you can only get better, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> assuming this doesn't fall apart, Nico Collins had 14 points in a game where they scored nine points on the board. So, it's like they start scoring touchdowns. That could be Nico Collins. Yeah, man. And another thing was that Nico Collins was number one in air yard share this week. I, I didn't even realize that. Number one in air You're yard share. You're crunching the numbers here now. This like, week. I'm looking. Oh, wow, yeah. As we're doing this, he is this, a screaming he was number one in air yard <laughs> share. Number two, AJ Brown. Number three, T. Higgins. Uh, maybe we should buy T. Higgins, too. How about that? Uh, DK Metcalf, number four. And Brandon Ayuk, number five. Okay. Right. So that tells you what you need to know right now. We, we know who T. Higgins is. Okay, yeah. he's not the guy that we saw in week one. Okay, he's that's going to bounce back. Easy, Do we even have to talk about T. Higgins no. as a buy low? So, no. I have him in my notes. I have the entire Bengals offense on my notes. I don't think anybody that knows fantasy football shouldn't be looking to sell these guys, but I think it's worth a heat check in whatever league you're in to just see if anybody's panicking on them and try to get them. Because, you know, if you can buy T. Higgins low, if you can buy Jamar Chase low, very low chance for that. But like a Joe Mixon too, same thing. You know, everybody had a bad week. I, I have them in as just heat checks right now. And if you can capitalize on that, someone panicking, that's just good news for you. Another thing about the Texans, um, this week one, they were sneaky in terms of uh, pass over expectation. So they're passing it at a higher rate which right. is not something I that I was expecting that, yeah. from this team. Okay, so if they're pass first, if they're going to be a pass first team all, all year long, hey, even in neutral situations, they're a pass first in this game. So that's what you want to see here if you're trying to get Nico Collins. Does that we'll see spell how it's a doom? Or a, what, what, what's that? Oh, can it spell does doom? I don't spell, know. Does that spell doom for Damian Pierce? Like, look at the committee I mean, in now. If they're listen, throwing if he was more playing their passing pass, downs, yeah, maybe, but... Now it's just like it's interesting. It's not that good. It's like suddenly he's off a cliff. <laughs> you know what I mean? Unbelievable, man. All right. Who else do you have, a, have as a buy low this week? All right. So this one was sneaky. And, you know, the Bills had a really hard time last night against your Jets. Nobody would have been surprised if you told them that before the game that it was going to be a rough game for the Bills on offense. The Jets have a very good defense. They've had the Bills number for a while. And Aaron Rodgers, that drama, it hung over the game, it was heavy. But it actually, I think it might have allowed Dalton Kincaid's performance to slip through the cracks just a little bit last night. Now, is this going to be an immediate payoff addition? Probably not. But he was heavily utilized. I mean, the Bills ran tons of 12 personnel, which was kind of out of left field. You know, he saw 55 snaps on the night. He got four targets. That was just as many as Dawson Knox. But Josh Allen, he was just like bad. Like besides obvious turnover issues. It was a triple feature of him holding on to the ball too long. He was getting harassed by the Jets' offensive, not offensive line, defensive line. And he was just, like I said, taking ill-advised rushing attempts. 
yeeting himself over linebackers. Like it's completely unnecessary. Allen's going to bounce back, and the Bills' offense is going to also. And that has me excited for where Kincaid can be. I mean, it was a quiet box score finish for him, but there's no number two in Buffalo right now. I think that was part of the problem for the for the uh, Bills last night. Dawson Knox has been around. You know, Dalton Kincaid, they drafted him high. Clearly, they're not too attached to the idea of Dawson Knox being this guy unless they want to keep running 12 personnel, which either way, if they keep running 12 personnel, they want to have Dawson Knox and Dalton Kincaid on the field. Good for them. Dalton Kincaid's going to get snaps anyway. And Gabe Davis, he's not reliable enough to qualify as one. Like, he's shown us the past year and a half. I was in on him last year, and he just let me down, and I'm not going to go back on him. So <laughs> the role is open. He's a contender for that role. His usage in the first game suggests that he could grow into that number two role sooner rather than later. He's got the talent profile. There was all good news coming out about him over the offseason. Like, I think you can go buy Dalton Kincaid real cheap right now because he only had, was it, six points in PPR? Like, this is a guy that could have fringe top eight value at tight end by the end of the season, if you ask me, as long as the Bills get right on offense, which I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt. It was week one. You don't want to overreact. So Dalton Kincaid for me, buy low right now. Nobody is really too attached to him. They probably took him as like an upside flyer, and they're looking at him like, okay, well, Josh Allen just looked terrible. And the Bills didn't score a whole lot of points. He didn't get a lot of targets. Let's just leave him out. I like the usage. I'm piggybacking right off what you're saying, and I'm buying James Cook. James Cook. We're sticking with know, the Bills. He, awesome. Yeah, I'm sticking with the Bills, man, because this was a rough matchup, number one. And number two, like, he didn't score as many fantasy points as he should have in this game with the amount of right. work that he got. Now, raw work it wasn't there but when you look at what he did in this game like he got like he was the guy like obviously Latavius Murray you saw him on the field here and there you know you saw Damian uh Damian Harris a little bit but dude like he was playing the almost a workhorse type of role for the Bills in this game 61% of snaps all right he almost got 70% of the rushing attempts 50% route participation 15% target share and again, like the running backs that deserve to get targets, get targets. Okay. You can't tell me that Josh Allen doesn't like to target running backs. It's because the running backs that he had just weren't good in this game. Right. 24% targets per route run for James Cook. That literally lined up with the number that he had last year. And it was completely opposite of what Devin Singletary had, even though Devin Singletary ran one of the highest routes just in general in the entire league last year, but he wasn't getting targeted. James Cook now, 50% route participation and 15% target share as a running back. Okay, that's what you want. If you watch the game, you saw there were designed pass plays with James Cook as basically the first read. Okay, um, yeah. so, you know, that's what you want to see, man. So James Cook, he didn't score. All right, he only scored 10 PPR fantasy points. I think... I don't think that a lot of people are viewing him as an RB2, but James Cook utilization in this game was that of an RB2. So right. if you need one, you can go buy one. Okay. I have another RB2 that I think you can buy that you might not look at as an RB2, you know, low-end RB2. Okay. But the utilization is there. And I think a lot of people – yeah, go ahead, Zach. I think you had something to say. Yeah, I was going to say something about Bills. I don't know if we're moving on to the next running back, but I just wanted to throw this in too. Yeah, sure. all those turnovers that Josh Allen had cut four drives short. 
they had zero goal line attempts for any running back. They didn't even have a chance to really get in there and have James Cook potentially get that. So, like, you talk about, oh, well, the production doesn't match the usage. There could have been a lot more if those drives didn't end early. Like, who was the guy that was picking off all those passes? It was Whitehead, right? What, what's his first name? Jordan Whitehead, baby. Jordan Whitehead, yeah. Jordan Whitehead, he, number three. He, he met that. He met that. Um, that the threshold. Yeah, he had an incentive in his contract. For the incentive, yeah. He yep. got that. That was great. That's that's just a hilarious. Isn't it awesome, note. dude? He had an incentive for three interceptions for the season, and he gets it all in his first game. This guy you, was Josh a box Allen. safety, by the way. A box right. safety just turned into our free safety. Three interceptions <laughs> against Josh Allen. Like, come on. So I'm yeah. talking about. So talking side about, note, no, side note. dude, that got the crowd back into it, man. When he was intercepting all his passes, dude, like that's what really got the crowd back into it after the Aaron Rodgers thing. Really, like right. that, it was him. It was him who did it, which is it was it was crazy. Yeah. Um, anyway, sorry, I got exci- I get excited about my next running back though, <laughs> and, and I'm sorry, Zach. I I, I, I knew you had you probably had something to say, and you did, and I just like I was kept I I was excited because this is it kind of falls into the same category. Um, yeah of a running back that I think that nobody really liked. Nobody wants to buy him. And this might seem gross, but I'm buying Rashad White here. Rashad White, everybody thinks that Sean Tucker, I, I don't know what the allure is with Sean Tucker. I really, really don't. I, I, I don't get it. But it's not like he looked particularly great in this game. They both didn't have like high yards per carry or anything. In this game, Minnesota, you know, last year, they weren't the easiest team to run on. Okay, so this is not like a situation where, you know, they should have like, you know, just killed it. Yes, Rashad White did not have an efficient year last year, but I don't think this is a situation where Sean Tucker is, you know, looming in and has a chance of dethroning Rashad White as the RB1. I mean, the usage was insane for Rashad White. Okay, 79% of snaps. Okay, he ran around on 55% of dropbacks. Okay, I think he's going to be targeted more, you know, going forward. This is going to be, this is a, this is, was a sneaky, decent offense in week one. Like they really weren't that bad at all. So, you know, if that's going to be the case, like they're going to be an average offense, that's fine. But Sean Tucker was only on the field for 15% of snaps, he only had 17% of the rushing attempts. Right. Um, yes, he got the same number of targets as Rashad White, but he only played. Uh, he he only had an eleven percent route percentage. Okay, so he's not going to really be on the field in those situations. It's really Rashad White here. Um, so, if you're looking at the two minute snaps too, you'd think that you know Chase Edmonds might have got that. We talked about that a little bit. No, Rashad White, a hundred percent of the two minute snaps. Rashad White getting every single passing down snap too, almost every single one, eighty seven percent. Okay, so. Basically, the usage is there. The performance was terrible, but I'm buying not because, you know, I'm buying because he's going to be super cheap. Like, he didn't do anything week one. Like, how much did this dude, like, what did he, I know he didn't do well in fantasy. He was 6.9 PPR fantasy points. Like, they ain't going to do it. (laughs) And whoever has him is tight if they drop, if they, if they started him in week one. So I'm going to swoop in. I'm going to swoop in and, uh, I'm going to take him off their hands uh, for maybe an RB3 price tag, flex price tag, you know, and I'll throw him right, in my, right back in my lineup for this week. 
because right. especially in full PPR because he was actually a little underutilized in the receiving game. That's where his strength is. So I think that there is a chance that he gets more, you know, he gets utilized a little bit more in the receiving game moving forward. And I think it's going to come. And I don't think Sean Tucker is a threat right now. I really don't. Right. And why was he underutilized in the receiving game? Probably because they had good matchups on the outside with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Mike Evans took advantage of that. You have Baker Mayfield at quarterback. I wasn't expecting the game to go the way it did. <laughs> you know, we can just touch on that for a second because like, I didn't think the Buccaneers were going to have any type of fancy relevant offense. I thought it was just going to be a bunch of dump offs to Rashad White. That wasn't the case, but the Vikings are the Vikings. And that was an interesting game for them. So tough to take much away from that. But I will say that I agree. You know, Rashad White, it's a performance that you're going to be able to buy very easily on. And I don't know who you would trade for Rashad White. Like, would you go with a running back or would you try to move wide receivers? Obviously, it depends. I'll probably try to move like a wide receiver if I can, you know, Um, you know, depending on what I need. Like I mentioned, I mentioned Rashad White when I was talking about Romeo Dobbs. Like him and maybe another piece. Like, I don't know. At this point, people probably people drafted probably Rashad trade White. Romeo Dubs for him straight up. That's like, what I there's mean. some people who need wide receiver. They'll probably take Romeo Dubs there's, off your hands, no problem. There's people that need wide receiver. There's people that drafted Rashad White probably to be their wide receiver too. And they thought, okay, I got a solid 10, 12 point floor here. He comes in with a six in the first week. They're probably thinking, like, uh oh, I got to figure this out. And if, if I can get a receiver, like, say, that, they might have even had him in their flex spot. They might look at Romeo Dubs and be like, I'd rather have Dubs in the flex spot than Rashad White. Take mm-hmm. him. Like, you can flip that very easily. So, yeah, I, I'm with you on this one. Rashad White, definitely a strong buy candidate. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking down the list here, right? And I'm looking at guys that, you know, might have been rostered this week that you could potentially flip for him. Darnell Mooney, if you have him on your roster, he scored a touchdown in this game, 15 fantasy points. Can you flip him for Rashad White? Eh, maybe not. Maybe you got to add a little bit on. You know, I'm okay with that. Um, right. Look at that list even more. Cortland Sutton. I'll flip Cortland Sutton right now. Jerry Judy's going to be coming back soon. I'll flip Cortland Sutton for Rashad White if I can. You Especially know, that, if Russell Wilson's going to be throwing to Brandon Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> I know, dude. Absolutely terrible. But, you know, you, you, you kind of get the point. Um, yeah. I'm actually going to be putting a post out tomorrow or today, actually, when you, when you listen to this, where, you know, we're going to be doing some sample trades. For some of these guys. Okay. So, so you'll kind of see what I'm talking about there. Um, but he's somebody that I think, you know, you don't have to pay that much for, and you can you can you can get him on your roster. Um all right, who else do you have, man? Are there any cells that you have? Oh yeah. For this week? I got cells. I mean, obviously I went through Romeo Dobbs, but there's another guy that I'm looking at, and I think you know, kind of went under the radar. And he had a semi-solid performance, but I I'm just not a fan of what the prospects of his prospects for the future, you know, outside these next couple of weeks, I'm looking at Raheem Mostert with the dolphins. Now I know right now it's just Raheem Mostert, but Tua through for 466 yards, three touchdowns in an offensive shootout with the chargers. That's all Miami just lean heavy on the pass game. That's all it was. And that formula worked for them. And they're going to continue to do that. And by some miracle, Raheem Mostert put up 13 PPR points and scored a touchdown in a game where Tyreek Hill had 250 yard, 215 yards and two touchdowns of his own. Like That pushed him into sell-high territory in my book 100% because you're not going to be able to move him or realistically flip him for a solid you know, player in a couple weeks. Like I'm looking long-term, not even long-term, like medium-term. Jeff Wilson's going to come back. 
Devon A. Chain, he was a healthy scratch, I think, this week. He didn't play. He could come back and be part of the lineup. Like, there's not going to be a Raheem Mostert RB1 type movement going on, I think, in a couple weeks from now. So I'm looking at this like we can sell now and take advantage of it. You're not going to be able to pull off some miraculous one-for-one one with Mostert, but you could package Mostert up with another receiver and go get somebody. Like the guy that lost J.K. Dobbins, I keep using this as the example. The guy that lost J.K. Dobbins probably needs a running back. Raheem Mostert right now looks like a good quick fix because he had that strong game with the Dolphins. Could you move Mostert and some other you know, piece, that little add-on, for a guy like Tyler Lockett, who had a terrible week? Maybe, because the Seahawks didn't look that good. Brandon Cooks, you could maybe go get him. <laughs> it was a tough week for him. Like, I'm not going to say Amari Cooper. You'd have to move more than that. You, Mostert can be part of a deal for him, that kind of thing. That's aiming high, obviously. But these aren't even going to be in the conversation in like two or three weeks once Jeff Wilson comes back. So I'm just looking at it as take advantage of the early season panic. You can use Raheem Mostert however you want, but he actually has value behind his name right now. So I would capitalize on that. Yeah, one thing I will say is that I don't know, and I have my doubts about Jeff Wilson coming back week five. Um, I, I don't know the, the severity of that situation and the way that Mike McDaniels spoke about that situation didn't seem great he said yeah you know i think he'll be back at some point this year with jeff wilson and i'm just like um that doesn't seem great now can raheem mostert hold up the entire year now if they only give him 10 carries like they did in this game then he can you know so yeah. that's the question with raheem mostert um and it, but i do agree that someone who lost jk dobbins though is looking for that quick fix somebody who has Jameer Gibbs is looking for that quick fix if they don't trust Gibbs just yet, right? Which so <laughs> in those situations, I would be targeting those players for you know with Raheem Mostert as a quick fix for their for their needs at the moment, right? So I think everyone's looking for that, like, hey, who can I start week two? Raheem Mostert, you can start week two. Um, and people would feel relatively confident, even though he didn't absolutely kill it in week one. People feel relatively confident to start him because he's on a very good offense. And, you know, he's like the guy right now because, you know, the rookie, Devon A. Chain, was a, it was, a, was, was a healthy scratch pretty much. He was practicing yeah. in full, you know, so he was a healthy scratch in this game. So Raheem Moses was the guy at the mm -hmm. moment. Okay. Uh, I'm going to be ranking him as an RB2 this week, you know, and a lot of people will. So, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, will you be ranking uh, him as an RB2 a couple weeks from now? That's my concern. And that's the question. I get it. Jeff yeah. Wilson. Yeah. I, those comments don't inspire a whole lot of, you know, optimism for me either. But I'm just looking at it as if this is the way the offense is going to run, I don't see Raheem Mostert suddenly taking over and making this a run first offense any given week. So, yeah. And, and Raheem Mostert's not like the type of guy where you're like, oh, yeah, I trust him to stick with me the entire year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like the rock it's, with it's, Raheem Mostert. How many times did we make that <laughs> reference? Like, the 31-year-old that can't stay on the field. How many times did we say yeah. that this offseason? Exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. 
That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Now, we, we mentioned, uh, I won't go too deep on it, but we mentioned Tyler Algier yesterday um, and yep. his role. Um, and this is, you know, a, in my opinion, it's like a clear sell situation for Tyler Algier. Um, yep. You know, he did get more carries than Ramondre. I'm sorry. He did get more carries than Bijan. He did get the goal line carries over Bijan. But Bijan ran a route on like, what, 75% of dropbacks? Was it more than that? I think it was more than that um, yeah. in this game. I mean, 33% um, target share. Like, come on. <laughs> target share. Bijan led, led them in target share. Is Tyler Algier going to get that many targets, you know, in coming weeks? Is he going to continue to be the goal line guy over Bijan all year long? I doubt it. Um, you know, at least they're going to split it, right? Um, and then on top of that, you know, Bijan's going to get more work as the season goes on. Okay. Yep. Drake London's going to start getting involved. Kyle Pitts is going to start getting involved. Hopefully, we think. We think. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully. Um. So I I think that might that that might that is definitely not the strongest part of this argument. By the way, like Drake London right. and Kyle Pitts are going to get involved. <laughs> who the <laughs> fuck knows um nah. but but to be honest with you man i think you know Bijan's going to just get more involved in this offense i think this could be this seems to me like tyler lg's peak right where he's getting the most work oh, yeah. right now and as Bijan ramps up a little bit as a rookie you know it kind of starts tapering off a little bit for algier and then you know moving up for for Bijan robinson yeah holding on to algier at this point i'm not saying you have to sell him or you have to get rid of him you have to start him but like just having algier especially, you know, with Bijan playing the way he is, like it's actively choosing to have the lower ceiling for your team because at the end of the day, like you said, if Bijan Robinson's workload goes up, which it will, this is a running back we're talking about in an Arthur Smith system, like Tyler Algier's value is going to go down. It's just going to keep going down. So you can move him now and go get somebody that's going to contribute long-term. Where I'm not saying Tyler Algier is going to be unstartable, but like you mentioned, this is his peak. I don't think we're going to see a whole lot more weeks where Tyler Algier is on the field more than B. John Robinson at the goal line. Like that yeah. would just be ridiculous. If we're if we get to week three or four, five, and B. John Robinson's still playing behind Tyler Algier at the goal line, then it's just coaching malpractice once again with Arthur Smith. And then we can just like stop targeting Falcons players. But <laughs> I, <laughs> I think at that as point, long as Arthur I don't think Smith's we're gonna get the... that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think yeah, we're gonna I, get to that point. Arthur Smith has Use Derrick Henry as a workhorse in the past. Okay, so we have some precedent here. Um, but 50-50 snaps is not going to happen anymore. Okay, like it's not going to yeah. happen for too much longer, I should say. Um, Do you realistically think it's going to stay that way? It's like, no. Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. Now, uh, I did mention I did mention Elijah Moore already. And, uh, you know, I did yep. talk about him a lot. But I do want to say that because of the fact that he didn't have to play a whole lot in the fourth quarter. The final numbers aren't as good 
you know, as it really was. Okay. So when you when you do look at the final numbers, you're like, oh, it was actually pretty good. And it was. 23% target share. That was higher than Amari Cooper. Okay. Uh, air yard share, 24%. The same as Amari Cooper. Okay. Um, this is a situation where I think that if we think that – and Deshaun Watson looked decent in this game. Okay. Yep. It was a messy game, right? But if we think Deshaun Watson is going to take the next level, uh, you know, if we, if we think Deshaun Watson is going to take the next step, I think Elijah Moore is is there right now. I really do. Dwayne yeah. McFarlane over at Fantasy Life, uh, he actually pointed this out, right? Obviously not too many fantasy points, but if we remove the fourth quarter in this game, um, since they, they arrested a lot of their guys, 87% route participation, 27% target share. And then he got a bunch of, he, he got a few uh, rushing Carry. attempts as well. Right? So yep. that's legit, man. If you're getting a 27% target share with Amari Cooper on the team, that says something, right? And he also points out is that we have some precedent here, right? With the fact that he put up wide receiver one numbers in his rookie year towards the end of his year. That was with some subpar quarterback play, right? So this is a good role for Elijah. This is a good role for Elijah Moore. Um, I've gotten questions this week. Hey, should I cut Elijah Moore? Should I drop <laughs> That's him crazy. for you know X, Y, and Z player? And I'm just like, guys, priority drop- hold Elijah Moore. Okay, the usage yeah. was really, really good this week. And the fact that it's not apparent to most people, that means that you can buy him at a serious discount right now, and I would do that. Yeah. Should I drop Elijah Moore for 2-2 Atwell? Maybe. No, no I'm kidding. <laughs> Absolutely Don't not. drop Elijah Moore for 2-2 Atwell. And I know that somebody's watching this who's like, fuck. Somebody's God. already done it. They're going to wake up. The waivers it. will have cleared at like 3 or 4 in the morning. <laughs> They'll listen to this at six no! on their commute. That's going to be yeah. hilarious, man. That's got to yeah. be tough. But yeah, Elijah Moore, 100%. You talk about the usage that he got. Like, there was no reason for them to play in the fourth quarter, and they didn't. Like, Deshaun Watson, you looked at him. He looked better than he did last season. Like, he definitely didn't take a step back. He's not there yet, 100%. But that's fine. Tough weather. I, it'll get better. So, Elijah Moore, 100%. He's going to be the number two target in the offense. I don't care what anybody else says. Or number one. And that's what I'm saying. Okay. You could throw that out there. We'll see. Amari Cooper was a we'll little see. banged up here. I would say that there, there's, there's a small window. There's a chance. I'm just saying there's, there's a chance. There's like a crack in the window. And that's all I'm saying. You'd I would have to give fit it through a, that crack. I would give it a 15% chance. That Elijah Moore gets a higher target share than Mario Cooper this year, fifteen percent. Maybe because okay. of the nature of the way they're they'll be used, Elijah yeah. Moore isn't going to be yes, hundred yeah. percent. I think that would be the route. I think Amari Cooper is like still going to have higher average versus, depth of target. Kind of like yeah. a Debo versus Ayuk thing, where yep. Debo is Elijah. That and okay. Ayuk that I can see Cooper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of how I see it. Okay, cool. Kind of on the same page there. All right. Okay, okay. then fifteen percent makes sense. All right. <laughs> I want to hear another buy from you, Zach. Let's get it. Another buy from me. Sorry, I had to pull up my notes because I was looking <laughs> do, at. Do you other have any stats. more buys? 
I, I had one. Like, I don't know. Is Jameer Gibbs too obvious? <laughs> like, do we want to go? About it. Let's talk about Let's it. Talk about I, I think we should. You look yeah, at. I think so too. So it's funny because pulling stats right now is hilarious because you'll put in your your uh, thresholds that you have to meet, like your qualifiers, and it's yep. among running backs with five plus carries. <laughs> it's pretty <Right>. hilarious. First, you <laughs> miss tackles, force per attempt. Third, in yards after contact per attempt. Just some stats throughout there immediately. You saw that. You don't have to look at these stats to know that he was making guys miss. I mean, he yeah. had, was it seven carries and six mm-hmm. missed tackles for us on those carries? It's just ridiculous. Like, Gibbs and Montgomery, they, I'll, I'll, okay, I'm going to go hand in hand here. Gibbs and Montgomery, Gibbs is the buy, Montgomery's the sell. This one's probably obvious, but it's weird because I had questions too coming in. I know I talked to Tyler. He had questions coming in. I don't know if you've gotten questions about Jameer Gibbs. They're like, well, I'd like to trade away Jameer Gibbs. What can I get for him after week one? Right. It's like, come on. That. Like, did you look? Did you watch the game? Maybe these are the people that don't watch football. They're just like, oh, I'm going to look at the box score and make my decisions off of that. Like, Jameer Gibbs is a weapon. <laughs> like, do we really think this is going to be a split the rest of the way when Gibbs looked as good as he did on Thursday? I didn't think that would be the case, but it is. If the guy that has Gibbs in your league is panicking, go get him pronto. It's just, it was a light workload, but the Lions said it was by design. He made dudes look silly. That's going to go up now. There's no way that the Lions don't do this. They drafted him high. They love him. And they said his workload was intentionally low. Like, what more could you ask for? They didn't say that ever with DeAndre Swift. Let me just go back to that. Because DeAndre Swift, remember, we were calling for that extra workload. They wouldn't give it to him. They just said the workload was intentionally low with Jameer Gibbs. The sooner they ramp that up, the better. But you have to imagine, like, if that's the case, and we saw what we did from him on Thursday, he has to be up to 100% or very close to 100% of the workload that they envisioned for him by week four or the latest, right? Like, go get him now. Because eight points in the box score looks terrible, and it seems like people are buying into that way more than I thought they would. Like, they're not looking at the underlying usage here because when he was on the field, he was just ridiculous. Yeah, man, uh, I'm a I'm a big fan, and I, and just watching him, you know, he's gonna get more touches, even if his coach didn't say anything. And guess what? His coach did say something. Okay, yeah, yards after contact, number one. Okay, like sixty yards on what nine touches? How many touches? Nine touches total. He had seven carries, nine touches, catches. nine touches, sixty yards, guys. In week in his first game as a rookie. Okay, like he's gonna be so so good. So buy him up. Okay. Rap participation, you know, it's going to be there. The targets are going to be there. He's just going to be a weapon. Okay. So buy him now. Don't worry if you have him. You know, what you what I saw this week was more encouraging than discouraging in week one for his yeah. fantasy value for the season. Okay. I Could rather be better. Yes. But <laughs> I'd rather this, Zach. Honestly, I'd rather have seen what I saw with him breaking those tackles and looking as good as he did on nine touches than if he had 15 touches and he looked like shit. Well, of course. Because it was his first game <laughs> of course. in the NFL. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to so, say Dave Montgomery looked like shit, but I will say that he didn't look anywhere near as dynamic as Jameer Gibbs. And if that's what Jameer Gibbs turned in, even if he got 20 carries, I'd be like, mm, this right. isn't what I wanted to see. You know what I mean? Exactly. But you see the second gear, the acceleration is ridiculous mm-hmm. <laughs> he catching pass out of the tackles backfield. And yeah guys can't bring him down what does that remind you of like uh, he's like a little alpha camara here 
You know? Hello, Tony Remember Pollard. Alvin Kamara when the Sorry. way that he was no, bouncing off tackles when he joined the league? <laughs> that reminds me of, man. It really does. Yeah. Um, I think that's going to do it for this episode. I just wanted to, you know, if you're looking for like a high-end running back to buy, I was looking at Ramondre. You know, yep. Ramondre as, as somebody who I think that, you know, I think Zeke got way too many touches, <laughs> you know, in, in week one. I, I don't think that's going to happen moving forward. You know, obviously, Ramondre, you know, he missed practice on Friday. He had the illness coming into the game. Um, but I, I do think that, you know, he is going to be like the guy in this backfield. Okay. Yeah. Um, it, you know, like the usage was there. Like he had 74% of snaps, but then the touches were like almost equal, right? He had the same number. I think they had the same number of, of targets or similar number of targets in this game. Um, but Ramondre had a 60% route participation. Okay. Um, yeah, now, that was he did, a go, did, did get a goal line snap, but like there was a bunch of plays where they were like third and short and, you know, basically like the, um, you know, second and shorts and that sort of thing. Ramondre is on the field for all of them. So I think there's going to be situations where, you know, he's on the field for those in those goal line situations. Okay. So mm-hmm. I'm not too worried about it. Um, I think Ramondre is going to get his. And I think he's somebody that you could buy right now with people looking at the box score and looking at a similar number of opportunities for, for these guys. Um, you know, this was a little bit of a weird game. Um, and I Very think weird. that Ramondre is going to get a lot more work moving forward. I, th- I don't think Zeke is that guy. I didn't see Zeke lose a fumble in this game too. Not mistaken. Oh yeah, classic so, Zeke. <laughs> Flashbacks to twenty twenty. One one other guy, quick before we finish up. Sure, I'm sure. Looking at it now another high end running back guy that maybe you're probably not going to get him, but definitely doing a heat check here. Josh Jacobs, very very low fantasy points total. That's a good one. But he like had one. incredible usage, just like yes. we saw last season. Nineteen carries, three targets. He's played majority of the snaps. Like he's running routes. Josh Jacobs is a guy. Maybe you can get him because you look at the offense. It's like, wow. Well, they put up, was it 17 points? Yeah. So they put up 17 total points on offense and two of the touchdowns went to Jacoby Myers, not even Devonta Adams. They'd be like, wow, this is, this offense is going to be all over the place. Josh Jacobs put up eight points for me this week. I don't want any piece of him. Like, let's go move him for someone else. Definitely check in on him. Because it's another one of those cases, and we've been saying it pretty much this whole episode. The box score does not match utilization, but this one is very obvious where, you know, Josh Jacobs, he's getting utilization. He just didn't look right, and that could be from a holdout. You know, he could ramp up throughout the rest of the season, look better. He averaged 2.5 yards per carry, which was gross, but that's going to go up. So just check on Josh Jacobs, his availability. 100% agree. 100% agree. That's a great call. Um, he's like probably the best high end running back one that you can buy right now. Um, right. he had one of the best usages of any running back this week. Just didn't get it done, uh, you know, production right. wise. But the usage was there. I love that call. All right, guys, I think that's going to do it for this episode. Um, if you want to check out the rankings for week three, it's going to be up on Wednesday. Uh, UpperHandFantasy.com. You can go check us out there. Um, we have a bunch of resources now on the new website, guys. Go check it out. Um, you know, we have. Waiver. I added a waiver wire post every that's going to drop every Tuesday with fab, uh, you know, fab recommendations, right? That, that's going to help you, you know, get some bidding right if you're wondering how much you should spend on certain guys. Um, there's a lot going on on the website now articles, uh, stats, analytics, rankings, of course. So go check that out, upperhandfantasy.com. Uh, also, if you, you know, obviously we can't do, you know, underdog drafts anymore kind of miss it to be honest with you i kind of just miss having you know being able to do a draft whenever i can you still can 
they have the weekly drafts. Uh, yep. But make sure to go check out the underdog pickums. Okay, underdog is doing something special for this season, uh, and that's if you're a new user for underdog and you want to do those pickums and win some money. Not only are they doubling your first deposit if you use the code upper hand, you know, up to one hundred dollars. So if you do deposit, you know, fifty bucks, you get an extra fifty bucks to play with. If you deposit a hundred bucks, you get an extra hundred bucks to play with. It is a ten dollar minimum only. Um, if you don't want to put in too much, but not only are they doubling the deposits, but they're also giving a free mystery pick uh, for every new user. Okay, so if you're, it, it, you know, if you get five picks right, you twenty extra money. Okay, so if you put in five bucks into an entry, you get two hundred bucks, and one of those entries is already taken care of with that free pick. All right, so it's 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 a lot of free money here and some free plays here. So go check them out, uh, underdogfantasy.com. Use the code UPPERHAND uh, or check the link in the description here of the podcast. Um, all right, guys, that's going to do it for this episode. We appreciate you. We'll be back tomorrow, and uh, we'll be back tomorrow talking about some matchups for week three. I'm, I'm sorry, week two. We're, we're not there yet. Week two. Week two. Almost yep. there. Don't right, rush guys, take it easy. Bros. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Later, guys. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company.